Well, Ben Nicholson-Smith, I guess uh, it's been a number of games since we could say this, but the uh, usually reliable bullpen running into some trouble in this one. A 4-1 lead. Trevor Richards, Anthony Bass, Jimmy Garcia, and Zach Pop all giving up runs in critical situations. The bullpen, unfortunately, going to wear this one after the bats turning a 4-0 hole into an 8-4 lead early on. I, I still think you take in a vacuum. You said it earlier with Ben. You take that two out of three wins against virtually any team, but the what-if questions always come out, which is totally valid. After you lose games, you, you really feel you should have won. For sure, and I think in this situation what we're seeing is the Blue Jays are playing the long game to some extent. If they had wanted to win, if today was a must-win game, we would see Jordan Romano, we would see Eric Swanson, and it's not. That's the reality here on April the 30th is they don't have to win, and so they do want to make sure those guys are fresh for later in the season. They do not want to burn their top relievers uh, just because it would be nice to sweep the Mariners at yeah. the end of April. So uh, I think that we're seeing some conservation there. They tried to get it done without those guys, and it seemed like they were going to get that done, but it ultimately didn't happen. Yeah, tough. It was a tough outing. Look, when Trevor Richards gave up the home run to Teoscar Hernandez to make it 8-5, I thought to myself, okay, you know what? That does sort of change the complexion of this game, but enough of a cushion in theory, not enough time left to for that to end up mattering as much as it did. But in the end, the complexion of the game did change enough. And then the Anthony Bass home run as well, that was not great. Certainly Jimmy Garcia, I would make an argument, got squeezed on maybe a couple of pitches towards the end. But still, he, he's going to have to wear it as well. And Zach Pop pitching uh, in high leverage. Temporary blip? Something to be concerned about for you? Not really? I'm curious where you fall. Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly concerned when I look at this one. I, I do think that you know, you look at Richards, he's been really good this season. He allows a home run. Okay, that is is what it is. Um, Anthony Bass, uh, you know, I do think that we've seen Anthony Bass fall down the depth chart of the Toronto Blue Jays this season. Uh, when he allowed that home run, the first of Cal Raleigh's two home runs, uh, that's not a great sign, and the Blue Jays don't obviously trust Bass a ton against left-handed pitchers. Um, Pop, I mean, he's been pretty good for the most part. Uh, Jimmy Garcia was pretty good for the most part. Uh, so I don't think this is crisis mode. I think for the most part, this Blue Jays team, uh, this Blue Jays bullpen has been very effective, and it really uh, allows them to continue keeping these games close and continue having comebacks uh, on the radar for them. But today, it, it definitely didn't work out. That is Ben Nicholson-Smith. I'm Show Ali. Of course, welcome to Jays Talk across the Sportsnet radio network. We are streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. We are taking your calls and texts. It's your show, certainly. Phone lines are open, 416-870-0590. one 590 star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is where you can text us. That is the people's text line, and it is always open. Why don't we get started today, Ben, with a caller, Robert, calling in from Toronto. Robert, I understand you are at the game. Where, where do you fall on how today today's outing went here at Rogers Centre? Uh, hey, gentlemen, uh, to be honest with you, Today's L is squarely on the manager. I genuinely like Schneider as our team manager, but we cannot go back to old habits and believing in guys that cannot get the job done. Garcia has proven you guys may like him, but lately he is not a high-leverage pitcher. I today would not have put him in, especially coming back after the eighth, even though it was one batter. Um, and... If this is not a wake-up to the front office, you guys tell me, oh, yeah, the Jays won two. It's still early in the season. 
But guys, what happens when the wild card race is coming if we're not winning the division? Seattle, this is actually a two, a very important game because Seattle is a playoff contender. So this can actually mean two games for home field advantage come that time of the year. Sure. Hey, Robert, before we let you run, I, I also I don't disagree with you that in 2023, Jimmy Garcia has been not as been up to par as he was in 2022. No arguments from me on that uh, on that front. But who who would you have brought in instead of Garcia in the ninth? If, if understanding that Romano and Swanson probably weren't available. Okay. So with that being said, I, I believe in Pearson a lot. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll appreciate the call. Robert. I, I, li- I like guys. I, I like pitchers at, in later in the games that throw. 98, 99, 100. I know Garcia does, but he doesn't throw strikes. And I know Pearson's not been consistent, but this is this is what we're trying to achieve, right? right? I would I would gamble with Pearson more than I would with Garcia. Hey, man, I appreciate the call. Thanks for joining us on Jay's Talk, Robert. Pearson was warming up. He did warm in the ninth. He was warming with a purpose, it looked like, in the 10th. I, I imagine he would have been the next guy to come in into this game. I mean, Meza warmed as well, so maybe we would have seen Meza before Pearson, but I wonder where where are you at on Pearson coming in over, let's say, Jimmy Garcia in the ninth? Well, Robert is a, a bold manager. I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> I, I think to go with Pearson, uh, you know, when Nate Pearson has only pitched in one game this year, only pitched in one game since 2021, that would be a bold call, and we'll never know if it would have worked out. Uh, we do know that Robert uh, manages with, with a lot of conviction, and we know that John Schneider manages in a different way, also with a lot of conviction. To me, the, the players, and this goes back to the wild card game, Sure. The players have to execute, and if the players don't get the job done, the manager's going to look really bad. And I don't think John Schneider looks particularly bad today. You know, you can point to Espinal, you can point to the relievers. The players just didn't execute, and that, to me, is why the Blue Jays lost this one. You know, I, I do, just to further on Robert's point about Pearson, I do kind of wonder, again, I don't, I don't know that he will immediately jump or supplant the higher leverage, I mean, certainly, I know Robert's not arguing for supplanting, like, Romano or Swanson or anything like that, um, but at, the, at least at this moment. But I do believe that Sw- Pearson is probably closer to moving up in the, let's call it, like, the pecking order. I'm a big fan of using the circle of trust terminology. Like, in terms of where these guys all are in the circle of trust, Pearson, let's say, compared to Anthony Bass... Pearson probably a little further in on the circle of trust right now maybe than Bass based on recent results. Well, I think Pearson has a chance to gain more trust. And Bass, unfortunately, uh, pitching right now uh, is struggling to to get some good results. So that means that Anthony Bass is falling off in in the trust rankings when it comes to how he's used and when he's used by the Blue Jays. Nate Pearson has a chance to climb. Now, at this point, Bass is more trusted today, this afternoon. Bass was the guy that they trusted more than Pearson. As we move ahead here, that could shift pretty quickly. Maybe this time next week, Pearson has had a couple good outings, and he's the guy who would be used in that spot because really with bullpen decisions, you have to go with who's working in a given moment. You're not going to look at numbers from two years ago. You're going to look at stuff and results from really the last couple weeks. Yeah, and, and that's why... That's why I, I'm not going to argue too much with peer, people who say, okay, maybe Jimmy Garcia should not be given the highest leverage. He's going to have to, I think, like, by necessity at least, based on the way the bullpen is constructed, he will have to go to, like, he'll be used in some middling leverage situations right now. But, I mean, had Romano and Swanson been available, there's an, almost no chance Jimmy Garcia, based on, like, based on the Jimmy Garcia we have seen 
in 2023 because heavens knows I was a huge fan of him in 2022. I was, but early on he has had, unfortunately for the Blue Jays, he has had not as good results as he did last year. And I think, you know, part of the fun of being a fan is to second guess the manager and, and Robert, 100% with you on that. Like, go for it. That's that's always, that's always a good time. I, I still think, though, you know, if we're zooming out, we're looking at the Blue Jays today. They allowed 10 runs, and it's hard for me to fathom what manager would have prevented that from happening. It's hard for me to fathom what umpire. I mean, we talked about Mark Carlson earlier in the game squeezing Ooh, Chris yeah, Bassett. That's End tough. of the day, you allow 10 runs. It's not on the manager, and it's not on the umpire to me. Yeah, yeah, that, that's totally fair. And yeah, we, that, I definitely want to talk about the strike zone stuff a little later on because uh, Chris Bassett, <laughs> after the top of the first inning, did not our bottom of the first, yeah top of the first inning did not look particularly pleased that uh, there was a shot on the Sportsnet TV cameras, Ben, where so he, he goes back to the dugout after giving up the Grand Slam to Trammell, and he just destroys that tablet. Like, my goodness. You know what? Right, uh, Frankly, like maybe, maybe he shouldn't do that, perhaps, I suppose, but honestly, I find it hard to say that I would not have also reacted in that exact same fashion, given what transpired. Like, if he was just doing it to be a jerk, then like, ah, okay, well, maybe he shouldn't do it, right? But I think a, a rare case of I feel like he was he was kind of justified given what went on in the in the first inning. Well, you can't apply normal codes of conduct <laughs> to baseball dugouts. No. You just can't. There's so yeah. much spitting. There's so much. Oh. It's just it's a different environment, and I don't claim to be the I one. You, to, I like that you say like the first thing that's not what makes it a not normal environment is that there's tons of spitting. There, you you <laughs> stand in those dugouts after a game. You look at the amount of just. It, 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 yeah, it's a different place. It is a different place, and uh, there, there's a different set of rules, and I'm not the one to try to govern that set of rules. Uh, yeah, a lot of expectorating, uh, a lot of sunflower seed shells, I think, a lot of chewed gum, I think, yep. on the, on the uh, bottom of the uh, both dugouts, I would imagine, in any ball ballgame. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. We'll go to the text line in a couple minutes, but first, Billy uh, in Markham. Billy, I honestly, I, I wasn't sure if you were going to call in today, and then the bullpen blew it, and I thought, if Billy doesn't call in, I will be kind of disappointed. So what's up, man? Yeah, well, you're exactly right. Um, you know, guys, I, I, you know my calls. I, I've, I've made the calls, and uh, the, the, the last time I was pretty upset about them yanking Manoa. And who gave up the two-run homer to cost us the game? Well, it was Garcia. Who gave up a, a two-run homer today? It's Garcia. Listen, I understand that our bullpens are going to go good for a while. I mean, I think me and you two guys could have done well against the Chicago White Sox, Okay. The bullpen has got to go well for a while. Otherwise, what are they doing in the big leagues? But let's be real, guys. Seriously, enough is enough. This bullpen is just flat out not good enough. I keep hearing about Zach Pop and this awesome, this awesome sinker that he has. Well, one of them ended up in the stands. Every time I hear about Garcia, this guy throws 98 with... with well, well, why are they going over the fence? Why, why don't we have a 0.00 ERA with our bullpen? It's just not good enough, guys. I agree with the last caller and you guys. Why not bring Pearson in the game? And I hope Ricky Tierman's on the way. Guys, we are overrating this bullpen. You've seen what Seattle did to us last year. <laughs> I still say that um, Manoa should have finished that game off. And if we had it, and I'm not 
I'm not advocating for a management change. I like John Snyder. But I'll tell you, if the other guy in that dugout, who's his bench coach, and who had two guys complete a ton of games last year with the Miami Marlins, and, and Alcantrana and uh, Lopez, who's now with Minnesota, I mean, guys, we have, got to, we have got to let our starters go longer. We can only rely on one or two guys. There's nothing wrong with letting Manoa or, or Gosman, who are absolute horses, throw 115, 120, 125 pitchers. There's no reason. The old school did it this way, and that's, I don't know why we've changed. The guy's got to get out of there after 90, and after 90, after 90 95 plus pitches. You've heard him say a million times about the great starters in the game, and you can name them. If you don't get them in the first inning, you're not getting them. And that's why I don't understand why we're yanking these guys because, you know, they hit 195 the first two times through the order and they hit 250 the third time around. Well, 250, I'm still getting them out seven out of ten times. And I want Manoa losing a game or Gosman losing a game because we left them in too long than, go- than going to this bullpen. This bullpen, guys, is going to kill us when we start playing – playing the real good teams and I'll, I'll tell you if this is if this is a world uh world series team like i think it is and you guys think it is we we got we got to do better with our pen that's all i got guys later all right later billy thanks for calling into jay's talk okay so a number of things i want to get to based on uh, billy's uh, billy's passionate call ben uh first of all he certainly is a philosophically opposed i guess to the modern trend in baseball where Pitchers, and he's right, pitchers don't go as long as they used to. That's just, that is a, just a, a stone-cold fact. It's just totally true. And he, he, he names uh, Sandy Alcantara, who honestly, like, kind of surprisingly, has gotten off to a rocky start so far in, in Miami. But this is a guy who just won the NL Cy Young Award, and he had, I want to say, more complete games last season than we've seen, like, the Blue Jays collectively have maybe in, like, the last five years because he, he, had, he is an absolute horse. And we do use the same term horse to describe a lot of young pitchers like Alc Manoa, for example, probably should have had a couple of complete games last year. Didn't ultimately. But so I, I actually do. I can get behind that for the Blue Jays. Having said that, in the last like two turns, we've seen a lot of like seven inning outings, you know, six inning, seven inning outings from guys like Kevin Gossman and uh, and others. Right. So I'm not going to. For bounce-back outings, I'm not going to say, oh, man, Alec Manoa, you know, he should have come back out, or Kevin Gossman threw 100 pitches over seven innings. He should come back out for another 20 to 25 pitches in the in the eighth or ninth. But I do I, I do understand what Billy is saying when it comes to let guys go a little longer. And I appreciate the enthusiasm. That's a great call by, by Billy for sure. I think, you know, if we're looking at the substance of what Billy's saying, I, I just have to disagree with it. You know, you look at the bullpen that the Blue Jays have, and it actually has been very good. If we zoom out, they have the best strikeout percentage in the American League. They're striking out a higher percentage of batters than any other American League team. And, uh, you know, of course it would be nice if they never blew games. It would be great if they went the entire season. But that's just not the reality. And you look around Major League Baseball, every single team's bullpen has allowed at least 33 runs one month into the season. So everyone's bullpen is allowing a run a day, and it's just at the at the best-case scenario. So it's just the way baseball works. These guys are worked hard. They're facing the best hitters in the world. You're going to see some damage. One other thing I wanted to get to from what Billy said was about Zach Pop. And I do kind of wonder, I, I, I asked this question the last time Zach Pop got hit pretty hard, which was in Houston. 
and that was the game where they they had a late a late ish lead and they blew the leads and Zach Pop was a part of it, and or pardon me, not a lead, but they had a late opportunity and they they blew the lead, and I I do kind of wonder if for Pop and I'm not here to say he's done a poor job because I actually think I've, I've enjoyed what we've seen from Zach Pop so far this this season, Ben, but. A lot of what we have seen from Pop has come in, again, like relatively speaking, low, lower leverage situations. And, of course, in, in the 10th inning of all places, that's, like as high leverage as you get, especially these days with a runner, like the ghost runner that starts on second. So I do kind of wonder if maybe now that we've seen it a couple times, if perhaps Pop is no longer considered a, a high leverage guy at the very least. I agree with that, show. I think that's a good read. You know, you look at just the trend lines for how guys are going, and I think Pop probably is trending toward a bit lower leverage. Same with Bass at this point. And then you have other guys who are, you know, holding steady in that high leverage, like a Romano, Richards, maybe the arrow's pointing up a little bit from where he began the season. The reality is you have eight relievers, and not all of them are going to be clicking at any given time. So you have to hope that three, four of them are, are going well. You hope that the days that your closer's not available, you have a four or five run lead that you can hold on to. And today that just wasn't the case for the Jays. Uh, let's go. You know what? I was going to go to the text line. Before we do that, let's play a piece of audio, actually. John Schneider just wrapping up his postgame availability just a couple floors below us here at Rogers Center. Uh, here's John Schneider speaking about the bullpen postgame. Schneider's obviously not the way you wanted to end that homestand, but just the way you guys have been playing over these last couple of weeks, um, obviously backed by that rotation, you guys got to feel good heading, in, heading into May. Yeah, I mean, they've been, they've been awesome. I mean, every time through... Um, could have went a little bit differently for Chris, I think, in the first today. Um, but, yeah, you feel good about where you are. You win another series, and, um, and you keep plodding along. But um, everyone pretty much has been doing their job and, and giving us a chance. Chris, today, even after a, whatever, 35-pitch first inning where um, probably could have gotten a couple calls to get him out of there a little earlier. But they've been, uh, they've been awesome, and, uh, you know, keep moving forward. That is John Schneider speaking to the media postgame. So, not a manager that sounds uh, all that concerned. I will say, John Schneider, Ben, is is a, a Ben Shulman once used the term a cu cool cucumber, and uh, that is one I will agree with. He definitely, I don't think I have ever, uh, you might have, I have never heard John Schneider e sound, <laughs> no matter what he's talking about, even the like slightest bit rattled effectively maybe on the crowd mic when he's talking to an umpire <laughs> <That's true. laughs> you know that's that's when you might see him fired up yeah I, I think that to be a, a baseball manager you have to have a sense of the big picture at least if you're going to be effective in managing 162 games and that's part of the reason the Jays lost today I, you know realistically if they had their full bullpen available the outcome might have been different it might have been the same we don't know but it might have been different and that can be tough but it's a long, long season, and the Jays need a lot more than 18 wins to get to where they want to go. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. Russ calling in from New Jersey. Russ, welcome to Jays Talk. How's it going today? Good afternoon. How are you? I was hoping to win this game because, you know, when you're down 4 nothing and you come back, it's a great weekend when you win 2-3-2 in a 1-0 one, one game, and then you say, Okay, you score a few, we'll score a few more. You know, the last caller, it, it's true. You know, when I was a kid, used to have those horses going nine innings. And, you know, we even had a guy in Halliday who, even when the, you know, the era changed, Roy was still going to have to throw in complete games. 
But the bottom line is bullpens are crapshoots. And, you know, besides the closer for the most part, year to year you'll see different teams have great bullpens, and then in two years you won't find a guy, you know, in the major league. So, you know, you have, you have to, you know, get a little lucky with a lot of times with some of the guys. You know, they hadn't given up a hit in something like 15 innings, if I saw correctly today. So, you know, they have been performing well. It's a tough loss. You won all these games on the homestand. Not a game that you would have liked to lose. But now you're going to Boston, a place where, you know, you scored a couple runs there last year. So, hopefully, you know, the bats, you know, come alive. And, you know, you got, you got the, you know, you got Barrios pitching. And hopefully he continues. And Kikuchi and then back to Manoa. So, the team's looking very, very, very good today. You know, you don't want to lose that game, but those games are going to happen during the season in 162. And I feel very, very confident with this team moving forward, you know, that they're they're going to be there for the division, not only for a playoff spot, but I, I think they have a great, great team. And as long as the starting pitching pitches well, we're going to have a chance in every single game this season. Hey, Russ, I appreciate the call. Always uh, always appreciate hearing from you. Hope you're doing well out there in New Jersey. Thanks for joining us on Jay's Talk. I um, Okay, so I guess I totally agree with the more of a measured take, certainly, from from Russ. Uh, and like you said, like a, you know what? It's a great example of, of crapshoots if you look at other teams, even just in the AL East, right? Like I think we all thought, for example, going into last year that Michael King for the Yankees was going to be a very trusted reliever, eh, a little less than that. So far this year, right? You look at the Orioles. They acquired, uh, they acquired this guy. I, I could be mispronouncing his name, but I think it's pronounced like Yenier Cano. And he was acquired in the Jorge Lopez deal. And he's 29 years old so far in the season. And I think he was kind of thought of as a cast-off in the, or just kind of like a tack-on to that deal for, for the Orioles last year. So far this year, 11 innings, zero hits, zero walks, 12 strikeouts, and two saves. That is remarkable that is crazy for a guy who's 29 who just hasn't pitched all that much or hasn't pitched really reliably or consistently all that much and I think that does to a certain degree speak to the you know the volatility of of of, uh, relievers and speaks to what Russ is saying yeah I think Russ makes some really good points there and I agree it's a volatile part of the sport it's part of the challenge of building a really good baseball team is you don't necessarily know exactly what you're going to get. Then you throw in the health variable, how healthy your guy's going to be. It's a really unpredictable territory. But it's funny, like, even beyond the bullpen, like, once in a while I'll just look up, like, the 2018 All-Star game, the 2019 All-Star game, okay. and it's remarkable how many position players, how many starting pitchers that were once, like, the very best players in the game just kind of fade, and it happens quicker than we think sometimes. Boy, now you know what? In the break, I'm going to look up the rosters of the 2018 All Star <laughs> yeah. Games. Now, now I'm just curious. I I don't even remember who was on like the AL bullpen of the 2018 All Star well, Game. Well, exactly, and of course you have like your Mookie Betts, you have your Mike Trout, like they're Hall of Famers sure. who are going to consistently be very good. But along with that, you have guys that you're like, wow, he was an All Star. That was really the best Major League Baseball had to offer back in 2018 or 2019. Joe Jimenez was on that team. Charlie Morton. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of these guys. Blake Trinan. Haven't heard his name in a long time. That's right. It feels like. But, yeah, it's true. It's it, the bullpen. I don't want to go so far as to fall into the like the kind of like great sports talk radio cliche of saying, like people say this all, all the time in hockey. They say like, oh, goaltenders are voodoo, right? And it's like it's like true to like a certain extent, but at the same time, 
you know, as, as much as you want to see the be- the best goaltenders will probably always, or for the mo- for a long time, be the best. But sometimes guys catch lightning in a bottle, right? To borrow a line from Chris Cuthbert. Exactly. Very apropos given uh, last night's win. But yeah, I think Fully that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I I do think that when you're looking at the unpredictability of relievers, it is it can be a crutch, and I think. For people in the game, they obviously can't accept that as a crutch. They need to find ways to make sure that they are accessing and finding and developing the best relievers year after year. And it's tough to do. It's pretty rare to see teams that consistently do that. Um, But the teams that do can really benefit. And so whether it's the Astros developing pitching, uh, the Guardians are great at developing pitching, the Rays are great at developing pitching, the, the Dodgers, like these are the teams that can seemingly find ways to get arms consistently in their big league teams and big league staffs that make a big impact. Uh, before we take our, our break, let's get to, let's squeeze one more caller in before we take a break. Uh, Chris from Regina joining us here on Jay's Talk. Chris, how's it going today? I'm doing well, so how are you doing? I am doing great. I, you know what, I could be doing better, certainly, after losses like this, but uh, I am doing well. I, ho- I hope you're doing well out west. I am. You know what, and I called in, like, not to beat the dead horse with the whole bullpen reliever situation, but I just had to call in and, like, sort of shame Blue Jays fans for a minute. And, I'm, you know, I consider myself to be about as big as Blue Jays fans as there is. But I, it's like people have forgotten how bad the bullpens have been over the last, I don't know, decade or two or at various times. And, and like you guys said, it's a volatile area of the team. Uh, you're never going to have shutdown game innings every single game of the week. So, like, when I hear guys say, oh, I want Pearson because he throws 98-99. Well, Garcia threw a 99-mile-an-hour fastball today. Like, you know, talking about these, we don't have enough high leverage guys. We don't have enough a good enough bullpen. A week ago, the narrative I'm reading online is that we have too many relievers and we can't find a spot for Pearson and all this stuff. You know, it just drives me nuts that we have this talented team and there's so much to celebrate, and yet people get so wound up about, uh, you know, a normal circumstance in a 162-game season where a bullpen blows a game. It happens. It sucks. It's frustrating. It's not the way I wanted my Sunday to go, but, like, Good grief, people. Let's uh, let's just keep a little perspective here. Hey, Chris, I appreciate you joining us on Jay's Talk. Thank you for the uh, certainly for the perspective, as you say. I, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was just thinking as as Chris was talking about some of the names, even in the past, like three seasons, let's say, Ben, that we have we have all come to know and uh, certainly not love, but uh, like. I think I'd rather have this bullpen than the bullpen that had like Tyler Chatwood or Rafael Dolis. I would say not to like I'm not here to like crap on the guys, but I think I'd rather be in this spot than than that spot. Oh yeah, by far. This is a good bullpen. Like, and I totally understand the frustration of anyone who watched today and thought that sucked because yeah, of course that was a game that the Jays could have won, but um, this is a good bullpen. They're in a good spot with their bullpen, and I think too. Just even more broadly, there's probably, and I, I think this is a very small subset, I think most Jays fans uh, that I interact with are, are able to see the big picture and are able to understand that this is just one loss in a long season. But I think there's probably a small subset of Jays fans that, you know, they could win the World Series and the next day on Blue Jays talk, it would be, are they going to qualify Matt Chapman, right? <laughs> right like, right. there's always going to be something, and that's okay. Um, that's part of the fun of being a sports fan is looking for those little things that, you know, might turn into a problem or might turn into a solution. Um, but it, to me, the bullpen's in a good spot, and I actually think it's a strength of this team. That is Ben Nixon-Smith. I'm Show Ali. You're listening to Jay's Talk here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Let's take a quick break. Taking a lot of calls. If you're on the line, stay on the line. Still some time 
to call in, certainly if you like, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. Haven't gone to the text line yet. Lots of texts on the text line, Ben. So let's take that break. We'll come back, take a look at the rest of the AL East and the standings watch, go back to the text line and the phone lines as well. But again, you're listening to Jay's Talk, Show and Ben on the Sportsnet Radio Network. John, what about Cal Riley makes him so tough to pitch to? He's not very tough to pitch to when you execute your pitches. You know, he's hitting 200, but it's, um, I know he's done damage against us, and I think if you execute, you know, he's obviously got big, you know, damage potential, and he's got a lot of strikeout potential too, and when you execute your pitches, you usually get the job done. Wow, that's quite the statement about Cal Raleigh. My goodness, Ben. That is, yeah, that, those are some subtly strong words from John Schneider. Yeah, that, I t- said before that uh, you, you don't often hear John Schneider take like a, a very strong stance, especially on, a, on an opposing player. But, boy, on a night, Cal Raleigh goes yard twice. And in the series, he hit three home runs because he hit the home run in the first game. That's uh, that's quite something to say, got to say. Well, it is, and I don't think that that's necessarily intended as a slight at Cal Raleigh, but, you know, you look at the relievers who did end up giving up those home runs, Anthony Bass and Zach Pop. I'm reading a little bit of frustration there that Anthony Bass and Zach Pop were not able to execute against Cal Raleigh. That is, uh, again, those are some strong words from Blue Jays skipper John Schneider. Of course, welcome to welcome you back to Jays Talk here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Ben, uh, ben Nicholson-Smith. A lot of Bens around here. <laughs> ben. Losing track. <laughs> ben Wagner was here. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Bens. I'm going to see Ben Ennis tomorrow at some point. Very nice. A lot, a lot of Bens. All, always uh, fun to be Ben bushwhacked here on, uh, <laughs> on Jays Talk. Um, before we get back to the phone lines and... The text line. Let's get to the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports. 19 plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. So let's take a quick look around the rest of the AL East. I believe the Yankees, yeah, that game's over. The Yankees got hammered by the Texas Rangers today. 15 to 2, Ben was the final for the Texas Rangers, who actually, even without Jacob DeGrom, looked pretty good, the offense especially. Yeah, exactly. Marcus Simeon off to a really good start. They have some depth to their lineup. Uh, They have some weird alternate uniforms. Uh, Jacob DeGrom (laughs) on the injured list. Let's see what happens in Texas. Uh, But because the Texas Rangers did demolish the Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton-less New York Yankees, uh, they fall to... Uh, 15 and 14. The Boston Red Sox are 7 and 1. Pardon me, they won 7 1. They are 15 and 14 as well. The, let's see here, the uh, Baltimore Orioles did beat the Tigers today 5 to 3. And the Tampa Rays currently in action against the White Sox, but if they hold on, they will win. They're up 9 8 right now in the bottom of the, the ninth inning in Chicago. So let's say that holds. Coming in today's game, Tampa is 23 and five, so they could be 24 and five in just a few minutes. Baltimore 19 and nine with the loss. Toronto is 18 and 10, and uh, both Boston and New York 15 and 14. Who would have thought that a month into the season, the Yankees would be tied for the worst record in the AL East? They're still about 500, but they're t- they're at the bottom of the AL East right now. And last year they were such a strong team for most of the year. Won the division, of course. It is a very different team this year, and they've dealt with a lot of injuries, whether it's Stanton or, obviously, Carlos Rodon, Frankie Montas, Aaron Judge right now. So that is a beat-up team, and this is the time for the Jays to gain on the Yankees in the standings. Yeah, there was a here's a text line question from Chris in Etobicoke, Ben, and he says, what's your guys' early prediction, one through five, on how the AL East pans out? I've got Rays, 
Jays, Yankees, Orioles, Red Sox. So he puts them in that order. So he has the Jays finishing ahead of the Yankees. Honestly, if things keep up this way, and if Judge and Stanton continue to miss time, Stanton had the strained hamstring, but if that hip thing turns out to be an even bigger issue than we think for Aaron Judge, then, boy, I mean, there's a real chance the Yankees could finish not in the top three. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I do. I think the the part of the division that I'm most confident in is I would say Jays and Rays are the top two teams. Okay. And to me, I think the Jays are going to win the division. I still think I, I still think they're going to win it. And we're a long way away from that. Five months to go. Um, they have a ton of work to do to get to that point. But I look at this Jays team. It's a really good team. It is. Hey, you know what? You were right about the Leafs winning in Game Six last night. Thanks you were for that. right. So I will. You know what? More confidence in your prediction now, Ben. Uh, I think I said Mitch Marner was going to score instead <laughs> of Tavares, but let's just forget. <laughs> yeah, that. we can we can forget. Don't 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 play that back, uh, Nick and Connor. <laughs> let's go back to the text line uh, again. Five ninety five ninety name and location. That is the people's text line. Uh, let's get to a couple here. Uh, let's see. Uh, JJ in Toronto, the result of a baseball game can be pretty straightforward sometimes. Avoid the walks and errors. You'll be all right. Missed opportunity for a sweep. It is disappointing, but it's a great homestand. Keep winning series. Um, I see another one here. Let's see. Uh, uh, sure, it's early, quote-unquote early, in air quotes here. Uh, but a win today is worth the exact same late in the season. Don't know how I feel about being okay with not winning a very winnable game today. It's Rod from BC. Uh, let's see. Uh, this one, There's no name on this one. Swanson and Romano, unless absolutely necessary, should never be unavailable at the same time, which is definitely, I think you like in a perfect world, you'd like for that certainly to be the case because I kind of agree that based on the way the bullpen has looked, and again, Chris from Regina had mentioned this earlier, they had looked pretty darn good coming into today's game, so I don't think a lot of people would have had too strong feelings if they had closed things out, but ultimately... You can't always control who you go to, especially when there are not a lot of days off in a certain time period, time period here, Ben. Yeah, exactly. It's so tough. You know, you'd love to say, okay, we're always going to have one of these guys, but okay, what if you're playing two close games in a row? You need them both. you got to win those games. That's the game in front of you. If they're available, you're not going to sit on them. So I think you're, you're, you have to remain open to not having those guys available at some times. And if it means you lose the occasional game, that's the price of doing business. I wanted to get to also, uh, there are a couple of texts on Bassett here. And just uh, just to wrap up on the pitching stuff, Bassett, like I said, he got squeezed on a number of calls, especially in the first inning that he should have gotten out of unscathed, but then, of course, the grand slam to Trammell. But he threw 38 pitches in the first inning alone, and he still managed to get through five. He threw 58 pitches the rest of the way, so 96 pitches overall in the day. Generally speaking, I think all all things considered, and I know the game didn't end the way any of them w- would have wanted, but five innings after a 36-pitch first inning from Bassett, I think it's not as he wasn't as sharp as perhaps his previous outings been, but I, I take that. Yeah, he had come in on a run of four consecutive quality starts. That ended today. Uh, but I agree with you, Show. I think he was still pretty, you know, I don't want to say, I don't know what the right word is here, but he did enough for the Jays. It, it, it's not on him. I think ultimately, if you're looking for scapegoats, you're probably pointing to guys like an Anthony Bass, who just has a 70 RA and allowed a big home run. And I, that's the kind of, uh, you know, disappointing outing that John Schneider's kind of pointing at when he makes that comment about Cal Raleigh and how whether he's difficult to pitch to or not. That's part of the frustration 
course, Santiago Espinal made an error too. That's pretty rare from him, but it did contribute in the end to this one. Um, but, but yeah, this one's on the bullpen. I still think it's a good bullpen, but this individual loss is on the bullpen. Uh, some good news if you are interested in a quick out-of-town scoreboard check. Uh, the Rays were up 9-8 with uh, two men on bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, Andrew Vaughn just hit a three-run bomb to walk off the <laughs> Tampa Bay Rays. So Tampa just lost well, hilariously. I'm happy for the White Sox because they've had, like, oh, nothing oh, good to cheer about. Ends. So that's that's a nice moment for the Chicago fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, is it guaranteed rate field? Is that where the White Sox played? I, wherever it is on the south side, uh, I'm sure it's rocking right now. So good for them. I uh, want to get to a couple more with you, Ben. You know what? Why don't we wrap up on this? Um, from Ruben in Alberta, the Espinal error didn't help. That home run would have been a solo home run. And I do think the Espinal error, and, and that was just a play he has to make. It just is, right? Like, it, especially for someone who's kind of, kind of sort of in a battle for more playing time, to make an error like that does not help. Having said that, and the callers, the texters, uh, Ben Shulman, you, me, we've all kind of been on the Whit Merrifield is probably going to end up as the everyday second baseman by the end of the year. He probably is that guy right now. Like he, I, I know he doesn't always play at second base every day because of how they use the outfield and how they use the DH spot and giving guys half or full days off of, of their feet. But Whit Merrifield is the most consistent guy who can play at second from an offensive and defensive standpoint, and I would think his reward, in theory, should just be more playing time. Exactly, and I think that is happening already. I think that will continue to happen. Really, when you look at some of these position battles or within the bullpen, uh, these these um, changes in leverage, these changes in role, the Blue Jays don't come out and announce Whit Merrifield is now our starting second baseman. They don't announce that we no longer trust Anthony Bass quite as much as we did, and we're hoping he gets back on track, but for now we don't trust him as much. You have to kind of read between the lines. And with Whit Merrifield, it's pretty clear that they trust him a lot. They like having him in the lineup most days. And so whether it's four, five, six days a week, we're going to see him out there in second base or in left field. Yeah, Brad in Alberta says no Espinal error. Jays probably win this game. 8-7. to seven. Um, You know, we have a couple minutes left here, Ben. Why don't we get to one last one? There's no name on this one, but uh, I think it's a good point. Uh, I'm terrified to listen to the postgame show because I'm afraid someone's going to say that three horrendous calls. It's just part of the game. Could have gone either way. I don't buy there's something wrong with an umpire. He is incompetent and needs retraining. I know I'm liable to smash my phone if I hear one person say the umpire was just having a bad day. Bad calls spoiled what should have been a good game for the Jays. And we mentioned it earlier, the, the squeezing calls on Bassett the uh, Jimmy Garcia, it was probably like a coin flip, I would say. It looked like it was just right on the edge that would have rung up the batter, and instead the uh, J.P. Crawford game time, the two-strike, two-out knock that ties the game, that sends the game to extras. I, uh, that was, again, coin flips like that happen all the time, and they will continue to happen, but I, um, I won't lie to you, Ben, and say that I am not looking forward to uh, the robot ums. I can't, I can't, won't lie and say that. That's not something I'm looking forward to. Wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's a topic for another Jay's talk, perhaps. But I think that um, when it comes to the, the missed calls uh, by Mark Carlson, it's part of the game. And bad calls are bad calls. I'm not saying that they there weren't some, some missed calls there. The Blue Jays certainly felt that there were, but... The best teams have to overcome that. It's part of baseball. It's always been part of baseball that umpires are going to miss the occasional ball strike call. Umpires are better than ever right now. They're not perfect, but you have to work around those imperfections and overcome them if you're going to be a top baseball team, and the Jays didn't do that enough today. 
Bassett spoke to the media after the ball game, and he did sort of address the idea of the umps and his performance. Let's hear Chris Bassett talking post game. It seemed like some calls in that first inning maybe didn't go. Your yeah, way. I ain't gonna talk about the first. Um, okay. We know what happened. Um, it's part of it. Um, it is what it is. I, I'm, it, 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 umpiring's hard. It's it's part of it. How would you describe the remaining uh, time you're out there, Chris? Good. I I thought everything was great. Um, even the first thing I thought was great. Um, stuff was where I wanted it to be. Um, just didn't go our way. Yeah, things happen. Yeah. Uh, it's baseball. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, I wish everything go, could go perfect, um, but it's, it's a beautiful game. It is a beautiful game. Uh, having said that, uh, Chris Bassett did not sound like the most happy camper following this one, Ben. Uh, uh, he, he's like just, he just seems to be a fiery type of dude. He kind of seemed like he was holding it in a little bit. I don't blame him. Honestly, I, I, I don't really blame him at all. Yeah, I, I think that's how you would expect someone to, to sound if they were uh, the ones who, who have to have those runs on their ERA and count on their stat line. Uh, in the end, Chris Bassett, yeah, that's a reasonable take. Umpiring is hard. Ben? That's it for Jay's Talk. This was a lot of fun, man. It's been great. Thanks, show. That has been Nixon Smith. I'm Show Ali. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Marvel Studios, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, coming to theaters May 5th to celebrate Crown Canada's number one rust protection, offering a special spring promotion inspired by the movie. Visit crown.com for details. See Marvel Studios, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, only in theaters May 5th. That's next week, by the way. Uh, for Ben Nixon Smith, Ben Wagner, Tom Young, Nick Blackmore, Connor Lamont, that does it. For Jay's Talk, appreciate the interaction as always. Jay's do wrap up the series with a 10-8 loss to the Mariners. They do take two out of three here and wrap up the homestand 5-1 overall. Tomorrow, Blair and Parker have the Red Sox series on Jay's Talk. I'm back next weekend for the Pirates series. We'll talk to you then.